0: Welcome to Share Public Health, the Midwestern Public Health Training Center's podcast connecting you to public health topics, issues, and colleagues throughout our region and the country, highlighting that we all share in public health. Thank you for tuning in to the series focusing on mental health. In this series, we will explore mental health through the lenses of schools, public safety, and the business community. Be sure to check the notes to get links to resources mentioned in the podcast.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is Maya Chalesy from the Midwest Public Health Training Center um, with some more wonderful guests for another podcast series today. And I'm wondering if before we kind of really dig into the conversation, if I can ask my guests to provide a bit of introduction about themselves. So who would like to start? Just say a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what made you interested in uh, participating in this podcast?
2: Hi, my name is Nina Rickman, and I work for Corteva AgriScience. The reason that I was really interested in being part of this podcast is that over the last couple of years, we have implemented a variety of different types of programming around workplace mental health. And we want to be able to share that so that other employers and employees, because our our The way it all happened was a grassroots movement within our organization,
1: so we
2: want to reach employers, but we also want to reach employees to say, you can make your workplace better.
1: That's great, Nina. Thank you. Hi, Don Woodruff.
3: I'm with Woodruff Construction. We have offices in Fort Dodge, Ames, Iowa City, and Waterloo. We are a general construction firm with approximately 175 employees, and we've been in business for over 60 years.
1: Thank you so much, Don. So I am really excited to hear um, a little bit more about the work that you guys are doing to integrate uh, behavioral health, mental health into your workplace environment. Worksite Wellness um, has long been a public health strategy and a great way to be able to reach um, The general community through individuals and families in the workplace environment So I'm really grateful for your time joining us this morning Um, I'm wondering if um, we could start perhaps just saying a little bit more you included where you work in your introduction But if you would say a little bit more about Your business and then how you got started with integrating worksite wellness if you will And then more specifically, how did mental health become a part of that in your workplace environment? Nina, would you like to start?
2: You bet. So in 2016, I, along with a coworker of mine, started an an employee resource group for individuals with disabilities or supporting family or friends with disabilities or those that were just interested in being allies to that community. And in 2017, at that group chose as their topic, we, every year we pick a topic, a theme, to, to center our programming around. And we chose mental illness to be our, our year-long theme. The reasoning for that was just that mental illness is the most common of all disabilities. And so we thought, hey, that's a great place to start. We're a new group. We want to have a focus. So that's what we're going to do for this year. And we, we planned a variety of different programming around that, including things that were in the education spectrum, outreach, support, and did a variety of programs, which I can talk to you about in more detail if you're interested. And so that was our 2017 year, and one of the big things that we took on that year was trying to get an all-employee mental health awareness program going, so that being a program that by default would help those that are living with mental illness by just having a baseline level of awareness for all employees. So that was, that was kind of our, our big mission of the year. And the way we approached it was our employee resource group found the options and then we presented them to leadership asking for approval and support for that programming.
1: Great, Nina, thank you. Don, what about you?
3: Yes, we came around um, to bringing it to the forefront, mental health, that is, uh, as we're a member of the Construction Financial Management Association. and the last several years, they've been emphasizing mental health and discussing it and getting programs in place. It's also part of our core values is our family, both our work and our home life family, We started asking employees why they were missing work or why we were having low productivity. So instead of doing a corrective action plan with them, we were trying to get to the root cause of the issues, getting down to the why. And some said they were struggling with depression and others said they had other issues. Well, some even had financial issues and we addressed that through some financial workshops. But uh, back to topic, we started helping them set up appointments giving them resources, providing them websites, um, even just uh, an ear to listen to them. And that's really helped us a great deal in moving forward with uh, promoting mental health.
1: Don, that's incredible. I appreciate hearing that. Um, and it's really wonderful to hear a business that's really family-centered, so thank you for that. Um, I'm curious then for both of you uh, what challenges did you find when you were first trying to kick off um, your efforts Nina I heard you describing that um, you know the years was really born from a resource group so it sounds like that was employee driven and then you brought some options to leadership I'm wondering what challenges you might have experienced um, either just in the group trying to kick off a program or in leadership response or did you run into any particular barriers
2: Leadership response was great. We didn't have any problems there. And we came to them with a particular program in mind and all the details. So really, all they had to say was yes. (laughs) And in terms of the challenges that we faced, I would say there is an ongoing challenge with the actual implementation of the program, because it has to be easy for managers in order for them to jump on board and really make it a part of the culture of their group and part of what the group does. So that was kind of why we chose the program that we did was because it was already created. It was easy to use. um, It just works as sort of a five to 15 minute presentation or activity that they can do with their groups at the beginning of a group meeting once every month or two. So, you know, that, was the easiest thing we could find that also met the needs of what we were hoping to address. The problem still has the challenge has been implementation, just getting the resources into the hands of the managers, getting the managers to present the materials. But we are a very large company, so it's, you know, there's there's not as there's not as many people to drive the initiative to get the you know interaction with each of those managers to explain the program and make sure that they have everything they need so we're, we're doing the best we can but it's, it's a process
1: yeah Nina did you have um, or the group have any community partners that um, you reached out to or that were particularly valuable when you were looking for resources or ways to connect to other um, uh, providers in the community
2: Yeah, so this program that we're using is called Not Myself Today, and it was created by the Partners for Mental Health, and it's a Canadian nonprofit. And they were really incredible from the beginning because they've worked with over 500 companies in Canada, and we were the very first U.S. company that approached them about using their materials, and they were so excited about that. So they were a great resource and very helpful to us in getting this program up and going. And then the other organization that I reached out to was NAMI. And NAMI also has so many resources, and they do have a workplace program, but it's it's in its more early stages. So it, just a few companies had used it, and it required a little bit more development within your company to really get it set up to meet the needs for your particular business. So we didn't go with that one just because it involved a little bit more um, – you know, input on our side, and we didn't really have the HR resources to support it at that time. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's that's why it's nice that there's options out there because we were able to find something that worked for us and and the sort of needs that we had and also the capacity that we had. But I would say both of those were great resources, very helpful, and you know, just. NAMI provides so many additional resources. And so that's something that we share with employees that are wanting more information or, you know, looking for more programming outside of the workplace.
1: Nina, thank you. That's really exciting to hear about the Canadian program. I'd be interested to see that curricula. That's really cool. Um, And then to see um, how it might have been implemented, or even if you had to make any revisions to make it more, culturally relevant, I guess I might say, for um, the, an American workplace environment? <clears throat> yeah, the
2: thing, the thing that's pretty interesting is that the statistics parallel each other. So they, the program, the Canadian program, of course, has Canadian statistics associated with it. So in some of the presentations and some of the materials, that's the reference point but NAMI actually has the statistics for the U.S. and so we were able to compare and really the numbers are quite similar. So as we were distributing materials and resources to people internally from the Canadian program, that's really what all we had to add to it was the NAMI statistics that show for the U.S. Mm -hmm. And we are actually, we, we piloted this program for U.S. and Canada because we do have some Canadian locations as well. But we're really hoping that at some point, someday, that the Canadian organization will release something in other languages so that we could also have it be for our international locations.
1: That's amazing. That's fantastic. Yes, I appreciate your... your comparison point about the prevalence rates. um, And I think that's fair to note that um, prevalence rates related to um, mental health are fairly common actually across the globe. Although um, conditions sometimes can vary in every environment. But it's important to note that Mental health doesn't necessarily just mean severe mental illness. Um, Don made an example of some people just saying, you know, they might have been experiencing some depression. So sometimes those things can come along um, because of some uh, current circumstance or whatnot. So that's really valuable. Thank you for that, Um, Don. What about you? We we were kicking off, um, and Nina was talking a little bit about any challenges or barriers that they may have experienced in implementing their program. Uh, I heard you talk about. Um, the family core values that your company uh, represents and that you were uh, attuned to people's needs and wanted to go right to employees and then respond by providing some resources. But did you experience any barriers also in uh, kicking off some programming or connecting to other community resources? What was your experience?
3: The challenge that we face with our employees is the stigma that discussing mental health brings. It's still somewhat of a taboo subject, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to bring that into the forefront or into light. So whenever we have entire company, uh, whether it be our safety picnics in the summer or our holiday parties at winter time, I take it upon myself to discuss that openly amongst the group and to encourage them to seek help if they need it. So the stigma portion, um, is something to overcome directly with our employees. We're not as far along in our journey, but we're trying to make inroads, and we've reached out to Community Family Resources, and Ford Dodge is an example, to help us with some other programming and some other means with which to make accessible to our employees a little more help.
1: Dawn, thank you for that. And I really appreciate the example that you provided about um, just integrating in every opportunity to address stigma. Uh, that's still very a very common problem across um, the country, and I, I would assume so for other countries as well. We certainly are aware that uh, the stigma against severe and persistent mental illnesses um, is very present. But even um, for people who might be experiencing light depression or generalized anxiety, those things can be really difficult to admit, and certainly people are afraid to do so in the workplace environment. So I really appreciate hearing um, your intentional um, Uh, your intention to be able to address and minimize uh, the stigma around that by bringing those things out into the open. Um, Nina also had mentioned NAMI, so just for our listeners, I just wanted to make sure if you weren't aware of what NAMI stands for, that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. It's a great resource. That organization um, is national, and there are chapters in nearly every state, so you should have a chapter, at least a statewide chapter, if not even some local community chapters in your area. That organization is, was created and continued, is to be sustained by people who have experienced mental health challenges in their life. So people that we might consider having lived experience, if you will, and can provide a lot of great resources as well. So a question both for Nina and Dawn, um, what do you, do you feel like has been the response overall from employees? Don, you talked a little bit about uh, stigma, but just in general for people who may have participated in some of the programming or just the overall receptiveness to your company providing this these kind of resources
3: it's actually been very receptive especially when we as leaders openly discuss our own challenges or challenges of our loved ones and more people have started coming forward and asking for help uh, there's even been employees bringing coworkers and tell them they need to get some help which has been enlightening
1: that's great thank you Don. Nina, what about you? I
2: would say that it has been very positive, and we've had a lot more ability to have discussions. And so, what does that look like? It's managers reaching out to find out the best way to handle a situation, or it's a coworker saying, How can I better support my coworker? There's also been people that have reached out to say, you know, I'm personally struggling with this and just allowing people to be more open about it and really to be able to show that people are not alone and that it impacts more people than we realize. I think it's been good just to start talking about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I, we have experienced some conversations in our organization um, from managers who have also been looking for other resources on how to support employees who might be going through a challenging time. So again, um, mental health can encompass a variety of things from people who experience a diagnosis that can be a lifetime um, a health issue for them or things that might just be circumstantial around a loss or you know grief related things, et cetera. Um, and so we've had some managers come forward asking, how do I support an employee who, is normally really high performing and functioning really well in the workplace environment and is a great contributor, but right now is going through some hard times and so they're performing not quite as well as normal um, and not wanting to, as Don noted before, move to a correction action plan because that ne- isn't necessarily the right response, but how do we provide support for them? And so that's one thing I think um, is really. Um, critical not only just to support each other as humans but for workplace environments to be able to support their employees in that way those are the things I think that help us not only sustain employees because they know that they can be supported in the workplace um, but then you have uh, usually when you're providing programming in your way you have Greater retention, so people are more willing to stay employed at organizations that can be supportive to them, and then increase your productivity over the long-term span. So it's really excited to hear those resources. One Uh, more thing
2: to add, Maya, that might be of interest on this topic. We created a program that uh, the employee resource group members created this program, and we called it Outside of the Box. And what we did was we collected stories from individuals within the company of situations that had arose in the workplace where they were pulled away from their work. So it might be that they are caring for a loved one that, you know, is in an assisted living facility and has fallen and they have to go and help. Or, you know, they might get a call from the school saying this happened, you know, this behavioral issue happened with your kid and you need to come and pick them up. Um, Or, you know, something personal that happened to them. So we collected a variety of these stories. And then what we did was we created little scenarios where someone would pull it out of a bag and it would say the scenario. And then people were seated at tables with four different spots. And they were each assigned a role. So one was the manager, one was the employee, one was the coworker, and one was the, the individual that was impacted by it. And so we had them talk through the scenarios and what would be the appropriate response? How would they handle it? There weren't really any right or wrong answers. We just kind of wanted to get people thinking about what would be the best way to interact in these types of situations. And we gave them a couple of minutes and then we had them pick another scenario from the bag. And people found it really valuable. I think it got the discussion going in a fun, different kind of way. And the fact that they were all real scenarios from employees, I think people also appreciated that because you really see the scope of some of the challenges that people face in the workplace that you may not even be aware of. So we did this as an open event that anybody could attend, but we also have a manager training that's coming up and they're going to do this event as part of the manager training. I, they'll do the same kind of thing with the roles but they're also really the target audience for that particular one is managers.
1: Yeah, that's that's really cool Nina. The um open event was that during work hours or that was was that something that was hope, hosted off?
2: Yep, it was during work hours. Okay. So we we had a uh, a month for inclusion and diversity, different presentations and lunch and learns and those type of things. And it was one of the featured events for that month. So during that month, we have highlighted events that get a little bit more publicity. So just trying to make sure that the word gets out and that people know when it is and where it is and and what to expect. So that way we can get a pretty good turnout.
1: I really appreciate that. I know that in working with some businesses, they've had questions around well how do I get people to attend that kind of stuff? Or um, you know, I, I pay people to, per, you know, w- to produce their work and how can I justify them spending an hour doing you know, something else like this during the work day? What might you say to um, other companies or businesses that are perhaps curious about implementing programs like this but are wondering what impact that might have in terms of just the workplace environment and productivity?
2: Well, I I think the thing is, we all need it to be a place where we want to come every day, and we're going to be more motivated to work hard if we feel comfortable in that space, and we feel like we can be open, we can bring our our whole self to work rather than having to put on an act for the hours that you're at work. And that's why we created it was because we wanted to really allow people to share the realities of of their workday and. The reality is that you come to work for eight hours, but you can't shut off the things that are happening in the rest of your life. So if there's an awareness about the challenges that people face, then the employee feels more supported and it's more of a community that helps people get through as opposed to trying to shut it out of your mind for eight hours, which we all know doesn't work anyway. And I think that can just add to more stress in the situation rather than feeling like you have the support and the understanding.
1: Yeah. Well, I would agree with you. I, I appreciate hearing that. Um Don you had also mentioned uh, just some other examples and so I was reflecting on that when when Nina when you said bringing your whole self um and I just think that's so important so you know we Don you were mentioning a couple different scenarios so it might not only be um I myself experience depression but I might be the parent of a kiddo who's got some behavioral health challenges or I'm caring for um my parent my my mom or who's in a, a assisted living facility or whatever, you know, we we also hear a lot about the sandwich generation. So for, um, some adults who might be caring for, um, elderly family members and also kiddos and the additional stress that that brings or those sorts of things. So, um, <clears throat> Don, I'm wondering what, what might you say to other community, um, organizations or businesses that are interested in um, considering programming like this and have sort of some of the same questions around, well, does that take away from work productivity? Or, or if, I'm got, if I've got an employee spending an hour at this kind of an event and they're not out you know, making money for the company, does that impact my bottom line? What, what would you say to that?
3: Well, I think with most things, it's an investment. So if you're investing this hour, you then can propel them to be even more productive and having their mind in the game. If they're worried about these things or anything, and if you can put their mind at ease, they then are able to focus better and be more efficient. So I think it's an investment, not a cost. Not a, it's not a drain.
1: hmm Yeah, I would agree with you. There's, there is uh, some really great research on ROI or the return on investment from businesses who implement worksite wellness sorts of programming um, all over the nation and worksite wellness as a public health strategy has has really uh, spread considerably now. Not all worksite wellness programs cover mental health, and not all organizations who address mental health have have other kind of uh, health-related worksite wellness programming. Um, but it's impor- It's really important to for organizations to consider both. And so, Don, your statement around it's an investment, um, I think, is really is really dead on, and and data seems to demonstrate that as well so <clears throat> I'm curious, um, do either of you have plans to expand your work? Nina, I heard you say a little bit more about um, the new program that you 've created, also the outside of the box um, after having implemented the Not Myself Today program from um, Canada and and that you were interested perhaps um, in being able to expand your this program to other locations that your company has. Um, across the globe. What other ways um, or things have you guys considered about how you might sustain or expand the work that you're currently doing?
3: As mentioned earlier, we're working with community family resources. We've also been working with our health insurance providers and also our local medical facilities, having four offices throughout the state. And they're each giving us, for the most part, similar information, but a few nuggets here and there that we can implement. Being in the earlier stages of addressing this head-on, I think there is a lot of information to be gathered and to continue on. And again, just making it aware or making our employees aware that this is one more, there's one, uh, there's an additional avenue for them to get help. We always talk about If you're injured or your arm's broken, you go to the doctor. Well, if your head's broken, you can also go to the doctor or you can go get help in another manner. And that's what we're trying to just shed light on, just to make it more prevalent or more available.
1: That's great, Dawn. Thank you. Nina?
2: I'd say we're in the stage where we've implemented a few things and we continue to really just... Have conversations about mental health, mental wellness, and we've done that through a variety of small programs that have been grassroots-led. I think at this point we have a good base and we're just maintaining, so um, not a lot of plans to implement anything else real big, but to just kind of keep going because culture change is slow, right, so we just have to keep going.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I really appreciate hearing from both of you around sort of the um, grassroots that this has taken around not only your business taking a leadership role in bringing some of these programs in, but also in empowering employees to get involved and help one another in that community perspective. That's really beautiful to hear. Uh, One of the things that I think that we've seen in uh, Nebraska is public health professionals have continued to explore what is our role and how do we help local businesses? Businesses and organizations and community members also do a little bit of the same so in, in for public health professionals that are some of our listeners today in thinking about um, how your organization often a, a public health department or um, other public health programs not you yourself are likely working somewhere and so as an employee in an organization how can you help replicate programming that uh, both Don and Nina have talked about today um, but also, how can you help community providers connect uh, to other resources? So, if you're working in a local health department, how can you serve as a resource where you might not be the provider of all of these services, but could help Anina or Adon find um, some connections to other community partners? Um, so those are a couple of the things that were just on my mind. In Nebraska, we've got, had some really cool initiatives um, where the public, some a lot of our public health providers are offering training around things like mental health first aid, which is an evidence-based program that anybody can participate in. And so identifying programming, you Nina, know, like you were talking about, these are things that regular people can do. You don't have to be a licensed mental health practitioner to provide help. Don, you mentioned a couple things as well that um, people can do for one another. Um, So exploring programming like bringing in mental health first aid or uh, QPR, which stands for question, persuade, refer, which is a suicide prevention um, and and uh, outreach strategy that is designed for regular people like us who aren't necessarily practitioners and there are ways that we can give people language and words and uh, Ways to feel more comfortable interacting with one another um, and being able to provide that support. So it's really cool to hear Um, That you guys are coming at this from a community perspective and recognizing that your work environment is also still a community that people bring their whole selves to the work environment and investing in that um, makes for um, a more robust and productive work environment. So I appreciate that. Um, I have sort of a side question for, for both of you. Um, Don, I'll ask maybe you to respond first, but um, every business of course does you know, sick leave or vacation leave or any of those sorts of leave things a little bit differently. I'm curious as to whether or not you have um, addressed like a mental health day um, from a resiliency perspective, perhaps sort of more of a preventive perspective and how people might utilize those um, to take leave instead of um, on the back end of now I'm, you know, now I'm really experiencing some um, issues that I need to probably utilize a sick leave time for. Have either of your businesses done that? Don, have you guys explored that?
3: No, we haven't. We, we strongly encourage use of PTO and we'll only allow one week per year to carry over. Again, they can either pepper it throughout the year or take a two- or three-week vacation, whatever they have built up. But you need to be recharged. You need need to get away from this. If there is stress involved with your occupation, you need to get away from that, recharge, and come back that much more energized.
1: Yeah. Nina, what about you? I don't know anything specifically on
2: that, although... I imagine that it's, it's a, a reasonable request to take that as a, um, for a sick day. One thing that is really helpful that they just implemented in terms of uh, new policy for Corteva is that each employee is entitled to 40 hours of family leave time per year, which, although only slightly related here, but I am a parent to two kids with mental illness. And so having those 40 hours to use when I need to, if I need to provide support to my kids is really helpful. So that's that's one of the new implemented policies.
1: That's really cool to hear. Yes, I think that's so important to for us to um, recognize, and both of you mentioned that you know, the employee themselves may not be the one experiencing mental health, but you've got a family member or a loved one or a kiddo um, experiencing that. And so uh, addressing that, not only are they a whole person, but they're also connected to a family and how do you support them in that way. Um, research also demonstrates that parents of, of kiddos that are experiencing behavioral health challenges are more likely to miss more work time um, than other parents um, that have uh, um, that have kiddos that don't experience behavioral health challenges. So I would include um, behavioral health as well as any other sort of t- type of disability. So um, parents of kiddos who are experiencing any other mental or physical challenges obviously um, often have higher rates of ap- work absence. And so for businesses to be able to um, provide support and recognize that and not have the employee feel um, that it, it's a stigma on for them for having to have more leave and that they can feel like they are still confident in their work environment and don't have to quit and find another job or get fired and find another job because of those um, barriers uh, is really great. Um, Nina, you had mentioned the National Alliance on Mental Illness, which is NAMI, um, which tends to really address more of the adult population. There also is an entity, the National Federation of Families for Children's Mental Health, uh, which is sort of the the um, Parents of Kids version of NAMI, um, and they often have statewide chapters as well, and then often even with local family organizations that is specifically designed to provide support to parents. Um, So like NAMI, it's a consumer-driven organization, so that would be parents um, helping other parents and providing that kind of peer support to one another, so it's another great resource um, that you could consider. I think it's really uh, valuable, both Don and Nina. You talked about having people talk about their own experiences and normalizing what that really looks like, instead of um, the sort of TV version that we might have of of uh, people who uh, experience mental health, um, and painting a realistic picture of what resilience and recovery looks like, so that people not only um, normalize what it looks like to experience these things when you're in the middle of it, but what it looks like when you're healthy and you're doing well and that those things are realities and you can be supported in both ways. So it's so great to hear two businesses that are doing such great work in this arena. Um I had asked a little bit earlier about what barriers or challenges you might have, but I would ask now, what advice um, or recommendations you might have in general to other organizations or businesses that are considering programming like this? What would you say might be some first steps or, or places to start? Nina, would you kick that off for us?
2: Sure. So one thing that I've seen is that in order for you to have success, you have to be able to imagine it working into your workplace culture. And so when we were thinking about different programs, that's what we were thinking about in terms of what might lead to success by how are we structured and how do we do things. And that's why we ultimately selected the type of program that we did because it was driven by managers, and we have, this, we have a lot of meetings for the, the cadence was right, like the program offered an, uh, an activity or a presentation every month or two, and we have a lot of groups that are set up like that where they meet with their whole team every month or two, so it, it just it felt like a fit for that reason. And there's other programs I know a lot of companies do where it's, it's webinar based or maybe it's a recorded presentation that employees can go to a portal and watch. And we just, we tend to get bombarded with that sort of thing. So we knew that wouldn't really, it wouldn't really get at what we were hoping for, which was an all employee awareness, as opposed to providing resources for individuals that are impacted or are just curious to find out more information. That's just gonna be such a, a much smaller percentage of who our audience would be. So, you know, having this be something that was driven by an employee resource group, we had, you know, some really passionate individuals that were putting their heads together to think about what might this look like, and then making that pitch to our leadership. And I think when we thought about it that way, we really knew we we were really coming at it from the employee experience. So we we could bring a perspective that was unique, potentially, where I think what's different here is that we are not HR, so we are, we are just looking at it through a different lens, and there's there's great programs through HR as well, but it's just a little bit different thought process that went into it. So to answer your question, I would just say really think about who your audience is and what you're hoping to get from it. Are you hoping to provide more resources to those that are potentially struggling with a mental illness, or are you hoping to change the culture and kind of tackle stigma and create awareness? There's different ways of approaching it, both great things to provide, but different things in different ways of approaching.
1: Yeah, that's, those are great recommendations. I really appreciated your highlight of, uh, you know, we, of, workplace culture. So assessing your current environment and what kind of things would best thread between how you already do your work. Um, And Don, I heard you really talk about that as well when you, you know, one of the very first things you said was uh, that family core values are very important to you or the A core value for your business is addressing family and family support. And because of that, uh, the approach that you guys utilized um, was really, uh, designed in, within that sort of a model. Um, so what advice would you say for other businesses or employers that are interested in addressing mental health in their work environment?
3: We would suggest other employees that either have not, or employers rather, that have not embarked on any programs to address mental health issues, be courageous. Discuss uh, what once was a somewhat formidable topic, but be courageous in that and bring it out in the forefront. The other thing is let let your employees know that you're here to help. You're here to help them, their families, themselves. Let them know you care about them.
1: Don, that's great. I really appreciate that. Boy, don't you? I, I, I. There's parts of me that feel like, man, I wish if every business in the in the nation uh, took that perspective and really did a good job of expressing to their employees that they cared about their well-being and that and their family environment and wanted them to be healthy and whole and well. That we might have a, we might have a different America a little bit. Um, I'm just so um, encouraged by what both of you are doing, um, and so I really. I commend you for that and I'm grateful to hear uh, such good work happening. So um, given that the podcast series today is centered around um, public health professionals and as the Midwest Public Health Training Center, typically our podcast viewers are folks that work in the public health arena, um, which often encompasses our partners in behavioral health as well. What might you say to our listeners? Um, So if you were talking to some people who might work um, at a local public health department or who work in other community organizations um, who are in the field of trying to increase um, health and wellness and do health promotion overall as a part of their work, um, who intend to strengthen community health and overall well-being, uh, what particular things might you say to them that um, in terms of, not necessarily them as, a, as an employer and are looking to get started and start a program in their business, but as partners in uh, providing health and resources to the community, what would you say to them or what might you ask of them um, as public health professionals that can help in this arena?
3: we would ask that they have information readily available either in written form or access to websites frequently asked questions are oftentimes a very or it's a great place to start for our employees we'd also ask them to partner if we can intersperse some of their information into some other topics we have i think i mentioned earlier about our company helps out with financial planning if we can intersperse that and say, if this is too stressful for you or to give them a segue to get help above and beyond just simply financial planning, but in back into the mental health arena or even a physical health arena, they all go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, that's good. Nina?
2: Yeah, I would say we would be very open to partnering and the way that I think that could look for a large organization is – find out if you could, you know, who the employee resource group, um, who leads one of the employee resource groups, or maybe connecting through HR, because what we do is we periodically have lunch and learn events where people can come and learn about a topic, or we have a panel discussion, or we have a community partners event where people can set up a table and um, we have a variety of different organizations represented. And so any of those would be good ways, like Don is saying, just to get the information out there. And we also, for our employee resource group, we have a distribution list. So if there was something that was a a link to a website or a portal or some information, we can send that out to our distribution list. And then anyone who might find that information useful or helpful, they would have it. And, you know, potentially even sending it out to an all employee group if there was a need for it. So I think just the more connected we can get, then the better, we will be able to distribute the information for the resources that are available through the community partners.
1: Yeah, that's good. You know it's uh, it's interesting to hear um, both of you say that even in uh, you know a small city um, nobody ever knows all of the resources that are happening around them and in every community I've ever worked with um, when people are sitting down together saying how are we going to address x topic uh, the first thing always is put together a resource list uh, it's it's just as difficult it's hard to stay on top of that and, and um, Uh, So a lot of times that's some of the role of public health is trying to help create that network and while we might not be experts in every single topic, uh, to be able to serve as threads between stuff is really valuable so we certainly encourage some of our public health listeners to consider how they might contribute to that. So I have just one last question for you guys today, but before I get to my question, um, I'm wondering, there might be some other gold nugget or or something else that either of you wanted to share that we didn't have a chance to talk about yet. Is there one last um, key win or key point or thing that you would want to share about the work that you're doing? Don?
3: Actually, I've learned a great deal. (laughs) There's a lot more things we can be doing than we are. That, I guess, would be the gold nugget, is that this is a journey. It's not a destination. Yeah. We need to continually improve what we're doing. We're doing better than we had been, but we're not doing as well as we're going to be. So that would be my golden nugget. It's a journey, not a destination.
1: That's fantastic, Don. Thank you. Nina, what about you. Um, if it's, you know,
2: useful, I can share a couple more of the employee activities that we've done. Yeah. Is please that, do. Yeah. Okay.
0: You
2: so one of the other, so we, this is kind of around community partnerships, but we, um, the organization please pass the love is a school mental health organization and it's based in Des Moines, but serves the state of Iowa. And they had an initiative in October where they were having local businesses and, and different organizations write cards for kids that were in, in a hosp- hospitalized for a mental health condition. And so we had an employee event. We actually had two because it was so popular, the first one, where people could come and fill out some cards and decorate them or write a message to kids that are in the hospital. And we're planning to do that again this year for October being Mental Health Awareness Month. And another um, program that we did was we created rocks for suicide prevention. We call it the Kindness Rock Project. And basically what it is is a painted rock that you can then write on, write a message on. And every rock included the 1-800 suicide hotline number and then also the text crisis line And this was a fun community partnership because employees created the rocks. And then we had a a friends and family event recently. And we passed out all the rocks at the friends and family event to anybody that came to our booth saying, Bring this and bring this to somewhere else in the community, put it out somewhere so that somebody might find it and it might be just a the thing they need on that day to be able to manage whatever they're trying to manage. So we, we just encouraged everybody to take the rocks and put them somewhere. And we've also, this is the second time, we did it last year as well, and then we did it again this year. And so all these things I think are, are they're small in scale, but they really as we get at that idea around culture change and fighting stigma and really just making it more of a topic that people can talk about. You know, these are some of the things that we're just trying to engage employees and just overall engagement of employees around the topic, even though, you know, they, and and it's, it's the way we look at it is that it's, it's pretty easy, right? You can just come and decorate a rock or, you know, fill out a card and, you, you don't have to actually divulge any information about yourself or your connection, or, you know, maybe there is no connection for you personally, but it's just a way to give back to the community and kind of bring mental health to the forefront.
1: That's so cool. I love that idea. That's very creative, Nina. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, my last question and, and we've, you guys have touched on uh, this sort of throughout our discussion, today, but my last question perhaps is just if you would be willing to um, summarize, um, and perhaps your organization has done some sort of formal surveying about how the implementation of these programs uh, has impacted or changed your culture or um, employee satisfaction or whatever around those things. But I'm just curious, um, since it's been a little while that both of you have uh, seeing some of these programs roll out in your workplace community. What is your overall sense of how your work environment has changed or shifted as a result of these initiatives?
3: I would say ours has just continued to strengthen, more so anecdotally than through a survey or mm-hmm. specific questioning, but the overall sense of coming together or being a stronger work family I think is ever more prevalent in our organization than ever before.
1: Thanks, Don. Nina, what about you? We sent out a survey
2: before we started the all-employee program, and we're about to actually send out another survey to have some comparison data points. So in terms of the data, I I know what it looked like to begin, and I'm, I'm hopeful that it's made some good strides in terms of how people are feeling in the space. Um, Again, you know, just sort of as Don was saying, anecdotally, I feel like it is better. Like we have, we have created a space where it's more okay to talk about these things. It's more okay to bring your whole self to work and to be more open. But I also think we definitely have a long way to go. And since we're such a large organization, it's, you know, it's going to take some time to really get the messaging and the, you know, that openness to spread, you know, there's, there's pockets right now of managers who are really embracing it. And obviously for those particular groups, it's been a really positive experience. And then there's others who, who you know, we just, we got to get them on board. And um, I haven't experienced any, any resistance that is, you know, something that is um, really tangible, but it's just kind of, we're busy. Things are happening kind of to your point earlier where you're saying, you know, that's another hour out of our day or that's 10 minutes out of our, our team meeting or so really just kind of getting people on board where there is a return on investment and there's value in this and it strengthens teams. And I think that'll come with just being able to showcase the good things that have happened from it. And the examples
1: from within the organization of success. Yeah. Don and Nina, I'm so grateful for this conversation today. I've been jotting down some notes as I've listened to you and I'm just reflecting on uh, a little bit of some of the things that I heard today that were so powerful. Um, Don, I really appreciated your conversation around um, honoring that your organization has core values that include Caring for the whole family and not just the person, um, Nina, you referenced uh, that we we want to be able to bring our whole person to work, and our whole person includes family um, and so the better we are at recognizing that people bring their whole selves you don 't just shut off at eight o 'clock you know eight eight a m the rest of what 's happening in your world, and so having a workplace community that a community in your workplace um, that embraces your whole self and has resources available, and not just you know your insurance covers this or you have an EAP, um, because both of you described this organic, really employee embraced and employee and driven initiatives that. Um, are simply people loving on one another um, in ways that are sometimes formal programs or in other things that are just um, outreach and sharing and really embracing that. So I'm just so excited to hear that and recognizing that addressing mental health um, can be difficult. Both of you mentioned sometimes the stigma around that, um, but the encouragement for Businesses to consider programming and it doesn't have to be difficult or complicated. It doesn't have to be um, Assuring that you have X number of sick days that it can be organic and natural Um, And uh, that there are resources available. I heard both of you say that um, you would definitely encourage some of our public health listeners to be thinking about how they can contribute and support having information available, helping to be uh, threads within the community of um, connecting partners and resources, um, helping to perhaps even serve in Um, as panel participants or contributing in some of those other ways, all those things that help increase the connectivity along businesses in the community, but also across um, each other as people. I am so excited to have had uh, the time to talk to you both today. I really appreciate both of you sharing uh, the kinds of programming that you've offered. I've heard you both talk about the uh, receptiveness among employees and the positive impact. Donna, I really appreciated your statement around this is an investment. Um, and so from the business perspective, we're looking for that ROI, and if we're implementing a program, is it successful? And as does our data show that? Um, but more organically, are do we feel more connected? Has our culture changed? Um, are we seeing some of those things that perhaps are more qualitative than they are quantitative? Um, And so, I'm just so honored to have both of you caring about this topic and doing work inside of your work community around that and for sharing those successes with us today. Um, Any last words from either of you, Nina or Don, around our experience today talking together? I don't have any. No, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nina and Don. Thank you so much. Um, for all of our listeners, we um, continue to encourage our public health partners to think about what it means, what your role is to help address mental health and how we can continue to be a part of a positive conversation. Uh, we continue to hear the statement around there is no health without behavioral health, and so and our work in supporting and promoting health, resiliency, and even recovery, uh, let's do all we can to think about how we can support one another. This has been another podcast of the Midwest Public Health Training Center, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Special thanks to our guests and to members of our planning committee, Sonia Armbruster, Katie Brandert, Stacey Coleman, Brandon Grimm, Joy Harris, Suzanne Holly, Abby Minky, Janine Moody, Melissa Richland, Hannah Schultz, Lori Walkner, and Kristen Wilson for guidance in creating this series, and Tamiya Chilisi for guidance as well as hosting this series. Theme music was composed and produced by Dave Hoing and Roger Heilman. Funding for this webinar is provided by the Health Resources and Services Administration. Please see the podcast notes for an evaluation and transcript.